0: What's up, guys? This is William here with another episode of the William Knows Nothing Show. Uh, I'm here with another guest, of course. I appreciate all my guests, by the way. Appreciate you fuck so much because um, they bring a lot of value to the show. As much as I try to keep the shit going, <laughs> um, he is a owner of a martial arts school called New Jersey Martial Arts up in Maple Shade, New Jersey. Definitely check that out. He also is a main co-host of a podcast called Ninja Rob Podcast. Definitely recommend listening to that. He's also a parent of three, like myself. And we talk about all these things. Talk about his parenting of the three kids and how he raises them. And he shares a little bit of perspective. Um, talk about autism. I believe that he has two kids with, uh, with autism, so we, we discussed we discuss that. We discussed it. Why, why did that come out like that? <laughs> anyway, um, he uh, oh we also talked about podcasting, of course, since we both host our own podcasts. Um, and we also go over martial arts, of course. Uh, tons of shit, man. Tons of great content that will be released on the show. So I hope it brings value to you as much as it brings value to me. Um, and without further ado, I bring to you Marco Perazzo. All right, we're here with Marco Perazzo. Is that how you say your name? Your last Yes. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. You're. Uh, for those of you that don't know him, he is a owner of New Jersey Martial Arts. Yep. And he's an instructor. He's I ha I. he's also okay, I'm going too far with my head, but you're also a host slash co host. You guys always make me laugh with that. <laughs> <laughs> of the Ninja Rob Podcast. Yeah, 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 Which well, I listen I will listen to on a weekly basis.
1: Yes, um, I am one of the uh I'm the main co host.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the main co host. Uh and you guys do a really awesome job at it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um I think I covered all your titles. You're you're an instructor, of course, at your school. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you are a family man. You're a father.
1: Father of three. Yeah.
0: Father of three. I'm a father of one technically, but father of three. Like whenever they come over and we spend time together. Nice. So, so yeah, I kind of I, I'm not. I don't have the full time experience like you do, but I get I get the idea somewhat of what it what it takes to deal with three kids. Yeah, I man.
1: Just kids are you know. uh, People ask me about, like, how, what's the difference between one and two and three? And I go, one is like none when you have two. I said, three is like not having any because then they just entertain each other. Oh, yeah. Once they get old <laughs>
0: enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorting that now. I have a 10 year old, a four year old, and a two year old here who drives me nuts. So,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, mine are 10, seven, and four.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah. So they pretty much entertain each other at that point. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: When they're yeah. not fighting each other.
0: You got uh what is it? The uh, what genders are they?
1: So uh, oldest and youngest are boys, and my middle is a girl. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I
0: have the my oldest is a girl, my middle is a boy, and uh, my youngest is a girl. Okay. So it's kind of a you know mix up, but it's still yeah, fun yeah. how they how they all do it. My oldest teaches me what I'm going to be dealing with with my youngest. Yes. My, my middle teaches me what I'm again teaching me what my youngest is going to put out what i'm gonna have to put out with but he's a boy so it's different uh, although she acts like him in a way like it's weird how they connect with each other and she takes up everything he does like uh, my son he does flips and you know what boys do they're rough and they're crazy and they're, well usually they're the ones doing stuff that hurt themselves right and my daughter is that she takes everything from him she does flips on the freaking couch and I have to stop her <laughs> cuz she'll yeah, jump my, off the my, couch. Yeah, my my
1: my daughter is I guess you know, quote unquote tom tomboyish in being physical. Yeah. But she like she's girly about like getting dressed. She likes wearing pink and you know like that kind of stuff and we try to raise her that she's like somebody told me that that toy's for only for boys and i go if you want to play with dinosaurs play with dinosaurs yeah like, that's not yeah whatever you want to play with so exactly like yeah. uh
0: I, I tell my son because he he has spider-man toys ninja turtles and all that and we let him play with anything we don't care about the gender specific toys um but he usually <laughs> wants to tell my youngest Arya. Not to play with his Spider Man toy because it's for boys, and I'll have to fix it up for him. Like, no, no, it's he, she can play because she loves Spider Man just like him, and uh, it's just interesting how they all like right. pick up these things. But uh, you, you teach your kids, uh, because you're an instructor too, so you're able to teach your kids jujitsu. Do they all learn jujitsu?
1: No, so um. No, not all of them do, okay. but there's some reasons for that. My my middle daughter does, so I should my middle my my daughter does. My boys have um, autism, okay. so we're dealing with some things with them that we have to make sure that you know, like there's bigger fish to fry at this point. My youngest might be able to take class, we're not sure just yet. You know, my oldest, I'd have to. We're gonna probably start doing like one to one private lessons with him, uh, me and him to teach him some stuff. But, uh, that right now the group setting wouldn't be right for him.
0: Uh, okay. What age do you recommend kids to start? jiu-jitsu because I'm, you know, I try to get my daughter, my oldest, and she did. She took like a couple cl- classes at balance studios for uh, a month. Like every Saturday I took, or no, every Sunday I took it to the women's jujitsu class. Okay. But I've noticed she didn't like it anymore because the one girl that was her age didn't, uh, she wasn't there anymore. So she stopped, uh, having an interest in it because of that.
1: So as a kind of like as an instructor and a school owner, right. So for me, I, I tell parents for what we do, usually it starts best at around five years old. Yeah. We do have, we've had some four-year-olds come in. The four-year-olds are on a like case by case basis. Right. But the five-year-olds seem to be just a little bit kind of a, a little more aware and they could do it. And, and jujitsu is complicated for an adult. So imagine trying to teach it, teach it to a child. Um And in the beginning, uh, you know, like some of the, I've seen some four-year-olds come in and they're like, wow, I was like, this, this kid moves around like an eight or a nine-year-old. And there's a big, as kids get older, there's a big difference in what they, what their capacity, you know, what, what they can do. So. Right.
0: Yeah. I'm always Trying to figure out when to start my son, cause he, when he was younger, me and him used to just play spar. I get, I bought him gloves, I bought him everything, like just to mess around with him. And uh, okay. he he loves training with me, like MMA stuff. He likes he likes it when I ground a pound or he grounds a pound on me, and it's right. it's it's just fun and games until I'm trying to find the right moment for him to go to class and learn. But I don't know yet. So yeah, sounds like five is good though. I Reasonably. think so,
1: yeah. But I also think. You know, like since you're a martial artist and I'm a martial artist, we got to be careful of, like, how we introduce it to our kids. Yeah. Right. Because, I'm, I don't care if my daughter becomes the next whoever top female MMA fighter. That's like, like, it's not my goal for her, right? Or for my boys or for any of the students that I have. My goal is that they it becomes like a lifetime pursuit and something that they can lean on, uh, to, kind of be able to deal with what we're dealing with now, quarantines, COVID, like, you know, like the the, the daily stresses of life. And what I did to uh, to get my daughter to want to learn jujitsu, was that at any time she'd ask for a treat, I go, okay, come over here. Let's do some jujitsu. And I was like, all right, can't get whatever it is you want until we go through some basic self-defense. Right. Or we do this or we do that. And she was like maybe three years old at the time. So it would be, Two minutes, you know, of headlock escape or somebody grabs you around the neck and and what to do so that she starts seeing, okay, well, this is something that if I do it, I get some good stuff out of it, right? Right. So I I do some moves and then I get a marshmallow. I do some moves and I'm able to, you know, get the whatever it is that I want. And then from there, it was real easy to transfer her. Uh, She started off at Balance Studios as well because I didn't have a kids program. And I reached out to Phil and Rick, my instructors, and I go, "Hey, I, you know, I think my daughter's about ready to come take class." And she was going—I think she was going twice a week. I forget what days she was going, and she seemed to really like it. And she liked, you know, training with other kids and learning the moves and the warm-ups and all that stuff. And then I saw how much she liked it, and I, I decided to start uh, start a kids program at my school, and it's been—it's been great. It's awesome, man.
0: Uh, yeah, that's a. You just said something. I had to write that down because I'm like, you know, I could do that with uh, Andrew, my son. Um, You said, give him a treat so that they can work on one thing. Because the way I do it is I just naturally play. He likes to, he wants to play whenever he, daddy, I want to fight. Like he wants to play fight. So, uh, you know, I'll just, all right, Right. come on. So I'll let him scrap it out with me and just have fun for a little bit. Recently, Recently, my wife wanted to get those soccer boppers. And uh, we've been doing okay. that thing, yeah. You know those bouncy balls you, you sit on?
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. The ones yeah. with the handle on it. Yeah.
0: So we yeah. we bought that a few weeks ago, and then the soccer bobbers after. And then I forget who thought of the idea, but we came up with this little game of uh, sit on the soccer barber. I mean sit on the uh, bouncy ball, and then use soccer barbers to like try to punch the person off the uh, the, so- the bouncy ball. It's a little game that we've uh, just created out of that.
1: But. Yeah, I, I I like that. I think that's, you know, like anytime. So I have a lot of experience with getting my boys to learn stuff and everything that when you're dealing with kids that might, and I'm, a, you know, like my kids have a developmental delay. So they're always trying to teach them through play, right? Yeah. So if you can get a kid to learn through play, then he doesn't even realize he's learning, right? you, you know? So uh, yeah, that's great. You know, especially if he wants to do it man, make make sure that you're jumping on top of those opportunities. But also I think it's important that he realizes that it it's a little bit of work too. It's right. not always just play. It's like, okay, well I want this. Well then, okay, man, you know, show me your combo, show me your sprawling, show me your shots, do, do something to earn it because look, you know, I, I, I well, you're a young guy. What are you like, 27?
0: I'm close. I'm 31. Okay. I'm so you but you're yeah. young, man, you know, yeah.
1: but you know, right? You're, you have a family, like you don't, nobody hands you anything. Mm -hmm. Right. And if we can start teaching our kids that I'm going to have to work for everything that I have and I might still be really good, but I still have to work for it. Like if we could instill that in them at an early age, then let's, let's instill it in them.
0: Right. Sorry. I'm just focusing on lighting here. Is that a sock?
1: Is that a sock on your, (laughs) (laughs) it's a
0: sock. It's, it's a, I started off doing it as just, being ghetto because i didn't have uh what do you call it a uh the to block the peas basically pop, pop filter the pop filter thank you yeah and i i was like i i'm just gonna put a sock because i don't feel like uh buy, i have to pay <laughs> for it and wait to record so it just became the thing you know what let me just put it and keep it there now now it's my thing <laughs> <laughs> kevin ross i interviewed him uh, maybe uh april something and he 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 was the first person to notice that I have a sock. Maybe everyone else noticed it, but everyone was kind enough—not kind, but you know—they didn't. Want to yeah, say they
1: don't want to call you out on. Yeah yeah, 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 I
0: don't give a fuck. But it's just. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he, Kevin Ross mentioned it, and I was like, "Yeah, it's a it's a sock." You know, like, and then well, just, was, that
1: name, Kevin Ross, sounds super familiar. I'm not sure. Is he the Muay Thai guy?
0: Yeah, he's a Muay Thai fighter. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, what do you call it? he told me to put googly eyes on it and I was like it would probably distract the uh the people from watching like they'll keep up yeah. the googly eyes uh but it would work for my other podcast with my wife because it's a comedy podcast but um anyway yeah it's a sock it's, I'm getting it. and I kept it there I'm like fuck it whatever no, I'm not right, why not it. right it and it works. works too yeah um i was going to ask you cuz i i lack perspective with uh autism and autistic kids i always look it up and cuz i always want to know the difference between uh, mentally speaking, how okay. autistic kids are, and I know, th- I know, I know a little bit of Down syndrome. I used to live with uh, um, my uncle. I was in the basement when I used to live at my mom's house, and he's slow. He's a slow learner. Okay, so he he the way he speaks is slow. So he he t- he can't. No one, not a lot of people can understand him. Mm-hmm. So he'll he'll repeat stuff, or he'll, he's like a kid, basically. He's like an eight-year-old in an adult man's body. Right. Um, but he's still. He's still smart, like, he'll he'll be slick. Like, he'll sneak into your room. Like, he used to sneak into my room and take my beers out of my refrigerator. <laughs> and I used to catch him, like, will he really? Oh, I don't do it. Like, he used to just, like, try to act like he's innocent. Right. But anyway, so that's my experience with, I think, I don't know if it's mentally challenged. I, I just lack the terminology. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I was curious, because I, 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 when I hear autism, I'm like, I wonder, because I hear, I ran into other adults who had autistic kids and i've seen i've experienced a little bit how some of them are different some of them are like energetic and some of them don't have control over what they're doing you have to like um for instance my one family reunion i have my rodriguez side they uh had an autistic kid i believe and it was a dispute that happened it was a whole big thing uh long story short though I was just like, why bring him over to a family reunion when there's a full of people? And if if he doesn't like a lot of people, so supposedly he didn't like it was too many people, and he got nervous and then right. he spazzed out. So I was just like, why would you put your child through that? And I don't, but I don't, I don't know shit about that. But
1: right, I, yeah. So so there's there's a reason why you would right. So whoever brought him, it's because that's what you do. You go to family outings, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't allow uh, to the best of your ability the issue to dictate if you go or not because if they don't bring that if, if they don't bring the child or i don't know how old the kid was but if they don't bring this person to the uh to the family reunion then they don't get to go to the family reunion either yeah right so there's there's a there's a part of it um and also if it's a family reunion it should be a safe space and everyone should be understanding of the fact that hey you know what this person has some things that make it difficult for them to either interact or they get over overstimulated or, or what have you. Uh, but also it's a good learning experience for that child to, to what they would call neurotypical children or people doing, right? Because everything that you and I do, it just didn't come naturally. We've seen other people do and we're like, okay, that uh, that's the right thing to do. It's even like when you're in a jujitsu class and you don't know what to do, what's the first thing you do? you look at the next at the group next to you and you're like, all right, well, are, are, what are they doing? Yeah. Right. And then, okay, that, that should be doing that. That's the same thing for kids with autism or without. Right. So there's another reason why you would want to have uh, a person with autism in a, in a safe group setting, uh, talking or being around people so that they can, p- if they can pick up one little thing that uh, would be helpful in their later life, then, you know, why, why shouldn't they be there?
0: So, what makes a child autistic again i I, i'm this is why william knows nothing but what like i look this up and then i forget i completely forget what is autism like so autism
1: it's a it's a spectrum disorder right so there's not one thing that defines a person or a child that has autism right so there's many factors so uh and i forget how many there is but let's just use a round number if there's 10 things that need uh, that that are on the list. The child needs to have five of them to be considered autistic, right? So they don't have to all be the same five. Your five could be different from my five. So what they say is that um, when you've met one person with autism, you've truly only met one person with autism because nobody, much like you and I are different, are yeah. completely different, right? My son, my oldest son, and my youngest son, it. It, it expresses much differently for them. Okay.
0: So again, I want to be clear. I just want to make sure my mind is clear with uh, autism. So it's yeah. just mm-hmm. mentally speaking, what is going on in their brain that's different from you and I, if that makes sense.
1: Right. So it, it would depend on the person, right? Yeah. Oh, so okay. yeah, let's yeah, just yeah. say it, so some people are within, you know, like there are some people that have, Autism, and they don't even know they have it, right? It it gets diagnosed for them later in life. Uh, And then there's some people that you see them right away and you know, okay, you know what? This person has very, uh, one of the common things is they're, they're, they're very regimented, right? Like, so if they wake up at seven, they eat the same thing, they put on the same clothes, or they do everything in a very set pattern, you know, things need to be orderly. So that's from like an outside looking in perspective. Uh, there's other things. There's things called stimming that people with autism can do and stimming. Um, you'll see them, some of them, some uh, people with autism will do hand flapping where they need the sensory input. Right. So they need to see their hand moving because it does something to regulate their nervous system. Hmm. Right? So their nervous yeah. system, your nervous system is wired properly, right? Somebody with autism, their nervous system is wired properly for them, but they for them to calm down they can't just like all right sit down relax take a couple deep breaths they yeah. need to do something like a jump around or or um, flap their their eyes that, that kind of thing so there's it. but really if you've met a person with autism they're very unique to the same person that would be in their class you know
0: yeah i got it that was that's that's actually good to know because uh i just thought about my my mom she is a uh i figure what kind of she's a homemade or something like that and she takes okay. care of two kids and they i think they're autistic if i'm not mistaken but one so one incident was uh the one kid the older kid he was probably like 13 14 he was uh kind of spazzing out uh because he wanted to touch my wife's legs and so you mentioned that it makes me think oh so for him to feel comfortable cuz he was like he was kind of like panicking and, and screaming a little bit and right and he kept pointing at my wife and I'm like, what is he doing? It's interesting. And I'm like, I'm like, okay. But, uh, he wanted to touch my wife's legs apparently cause my wife was wearing, you know, a skirt and we- it was at a Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, I didn't know about that. I didn't think of anything of that. My, my, until the mother told my mom and my mom told me that he just wanted to touch my wife's legs. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like the, the way the brain works with kids that are right or with humans that have a different, uh, chemical balance in their brain right i don't i I, again i lack terminology and all that um i don't know it just fascinates me i'm just curious about that because i don't when i see an autistic kid you know i'm like curious about it because i know how consciousness works now a little bit i'm into that so i'm just always fascinated by the the way minds work uh of course i make fun of the stupid people in terms of humans that uh that are out here complaining about stuff that you know what I mean? Like I can't explain it, but it's a, there's a vast majority of human beings that are okay. They're normal they're, for the most part. Yes. But they make things harder for themselves in their mind because the way consciousness right. works, you, what you see becomes your reality type of shit. Um,
1: yeah, I think Tim Tim Carpenter has a line. It's like we don't see, we we. What what is it? We don't see what we see. We see what we are, or something. But whatever. Sir,
0: I heard him mention it a couple of times. In the yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But it's it's true. But going back to this this young man that wanted to touch your your wife's legs, right? So one of the one of the things that so you like kind of two camps of parents, or maybe more than two camps of parents. That they're like, well, he only wants to touch your legs, right? And that's mm. great that this that she understands that that's something that would maybe help this child regulate, but in uh, what we would consider polite society, we just don't go around touching each other's legs.
0: Right, right, right. right?
1: And it's something that um, very early on that you need to start setting boundaries that um, and expectations with any child, right? That, hey, this is not appropriate regardless of autism, special needs, whatever. Like you just can't go around touching people's legs. It's not right, and you have so where we fall on the more kind of like strict side, as you would want to call it. We're like, look, my son has to say please and thank you. He's got to say goodbye. He's not like he doesn't get away with anything because he has autism, right? So we understand that he needs some latitude because he has autism, but he's not allowed to be rude. He's got to he's got to make his bed. He's got to you know like to the to the best of his innate abilities, right? I can't ask him to do more than he's capable of, but I got to make sure that I make him capable, right, right? right? So if I, there's a lot of parents that their woe is me and they're like, oh man, it's my my life is so tough because my child has this thing, right? Yeah. Where it's like, no, your life is fine because you're not dealing with what your child is dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. But you, you, you're only going to make your child's life worse If you allow them to get away with things that, if you had a a, what we would call a neurotypical child, that child doesn't have any kind of special needs, uh, you my kids get the the same expectation, right? Like my daughters and my, my daughter and my sons, like you gotta say, please, hello, thank you, make your bed, do your homework. Like there's no, I don't care you have autism, I don't care that your brothers have autism, you still have you know, responsibilities and and things to do. And we're, my wife and I do not fall in the camp. Like, I think you've, you're connected with us on, or, or at least with me on Instagram. I don't know if we're connected on Facebook or not, but I'm never, I'll never complain about my kids. I'll never say, oh man, it sucks being this, or I had the worst experience because of autism or F autism. Like, you know what, man? Grow up, grow a set of balls, stand up, deal with it and be the best parent you could be because something I learned early on with this is that my job is just like yours. My kid having autism or not, it my job is to make sure that my child can survive this world when I'm dead and buried. Right. 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 So your job is to do that. My job is to do that. Now my job might be a little bit more difficult because of what my boys have going on, but the job is still the job.
0: Right. Amen, man. <laughs> uh I it, it's like I don't understand the that that spectrum of autism. So I don't mm-hmm. I, I I'm always curious about how parents deal with that. I didn't know like you just meant you just cleared everything up for me. Like how I see these parents out there. You just said woe is me. I, I've seen parents that said, Woe was me and they they complain that their kids are they have autism. Or they'll make excuses about their kids and say, oh, my, ki- my child has autism, so you need to make sure you tend to my child. You know what I mean? They need to, you need to, uh, like with the leg touching thing. The, per- the person didn't say anything wrong to my wife, but I'm just thinking of these other parents. that would say, you need to let my son touch your, your, your wife's legs because he's freaking out stuff like that they would say something yeah, like, yeah no no that's nonsense yeah like yeah.
1: that kid needs to. so then that's a point where you take the kid out of that situation man. right, right? and then, just like okay
0: yeah i would just personally if that was the case i'd be like you know what i'm just gonna take myself and my wife and my kids out of this situation because this right. is crazy i don't want to deal with this because you're gonna you're gonna let a child touch an adult on her, on her leg inappropriately like what i mean you know what I mean, like it's, right? It's, it's, not not inappropriately, but that, yeah, it's
1: not, it's not the right thing to it's do. It's not the right? right
0: thing to do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Touching someone in general when they don't want to be touched is my point.
1: right. Uh, and see, but a lot of these parents that, or the you know the woe is me or the you know the parents that complain, and don't get me wrong, man, like I'm not saying it's easy, yeah, and yeah. I understand like why they, I can understand why they complain. I think like you and I both have an outlet physically mm. that transcends True. just physical, Right. right? And most human adults don't have um, haven't been blessed, right? And I'm not religious, but I don't stretch the imagination. I know you mean, well, though, yeah. Yeah, but they're not blessed to be around the type of people that we get to be around, right? And to do the types of things that we get to get to do, to hit that reset button every time I train, I hit a I hit a mental reset button, right? right? So it allows me to come back to. Dealing with whatever I need to deal with—is it COVID nineteen? Is it the quarantine? Is it my business? Is it—is it dealing with autism? Is it dealing with schoolwork? Is it dealing with whatever? But training has only benefited me, and I can—and that's what I tell people all the time. I go, you know, the greatest benefit that you get from doing martial arts or anything that you can kind of either wipe this, uh, wipe your mind clean, or fill it with one thing. Those are the two states that you usually are in when things are going well, when you're training martial arts, either you're, it's filled with one or it's uh blank of everything. And if you can get into that state, then when you come back home or when you go back to the office or when you get that letter from the IRS or you didn't get your Trump check or whatever, you know, like it's much easier to deal with.
0: Right. You talk about resetting and it makes me think of everything that I do now that we can't train, uh, as far as train at balance, I can't train at balance, you can't train at your gym, but we have to train at home so that we have to make up for the lack of training that we're getting because I got so accustomed to train on weekends at balance. I used to train, just get, you know, typical jujitsu and Muay Thai classes and then sparring on Saturday and then sparring both muay thai and Jiu Jitsu on sunday it was the perfect element i mean uh you know the word uh perfect escape for me to let go of everything that's inside of me as a man or as a human being in general like i don't know if there's i lack the uh, science on this but i just feel like men we based on our ancestry and all that we have more of a aggression that we have to let out and that's why i think muay thai and Jitsu is perfect for us because we can, you know, strangle each other, or you know, get each other, uh, test each other in muay thai for for us young guys. Anyway, that we can still go at it. Actually, older older guys too, because there's older guys that still scrap yeah yeah, you, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it all depends you, on what level you you know, like yeah, you, yeah. You can because we're
0: not sparring hard, first of all, right. in muay thai. Yeah. But you get my point. um yeah. that when you spar in jiu-jitsu or spar in muay thai or when you train in general with these two specific martial arts, I only say that from experience, um, you let go of a lot of things, man. A lot of, I've noticed recently I've been, my temper has just been like, fuck, like hard to maintain. Cause I have to meditate every day. Right. So I can, that's my escape. That's my way of maintaining my, whatever, my chemical balance of my temperament and all the issues that I have. So I meditate and that's the only thing I have now besides training on the bag downstairs and, doing push-ups, I can't do as much as I used to because my shoulder blah blah but uh I try to do something so that I can punish myself so to speak so that I can let go of that uh stuff that's inside
1: well right and just think about you know even though we try to be as safe as possible when we're training right it's still a very dangerous endeavor when you step into a jiu-jitsu school or when you start doing Muay Thai right right it it and It's dangerous and that's one of the things that's most attractive about it, right? Because just think of how many people, your next door neighbors, just step through life, go to work, come home, sit on the couch, and don't get to experience the things that you and I get to experience with the people that we get to experience it with, but also what it does for us personally, right? Right. Like, I'm, you know, like just for me, anytime I get news that- could that I would be like, oh man, this would crack another person. I I'm able to gather myself. I'm able to kind of just be like, all right, how do I approach this? How am I going to use my martial arts mind to solve this problem? And if I can't solve this problem, how am I using my martial arts mind to approach this problem so that it doesn't become bigger than it really is?
0: Right. It's a. Uh, I definitely learned that a lot when I started martial arts uh, two years ago. Or three years ago, I forgot. I've already forgot. I'm losing track of COVID. Honestly, <laughs> I'm lo- so you've only to... been tra-
1: so I've been I've been training for I think when was you whenever UFC number one started. Oh, so damn. that's when I that was like 1993. Okay, I think or 94. So that damn. was 27 years ago.
0: Wow, you, you definitely I've get been that training title O head. <laughs> more than half my life. <laughs> right. Yes.
1: Yes. 100. Yes.
0: <laughs> um. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I just started training since I was uh 29, so I okay. believe it's been, I'm losing track, but uh, yeah, it's been two, about two years and, and then some with my training at Balance. Uh, I've heard about, you know, it's funny because I, I, I talked about this before on this podcast that I've heard about jiu-jitsu. I never heard about Muay Thai, never in my life. I've watched films about it, On Back, On Back. I okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a couple of films that has Muay Thai. I didn't even know what Muay Thai was, though. But I've heard of Jiu-Jitsu. And recently, I just discovered that The Matrix references Jiu-Jitsu. Neo, when he, uh, yes. use, when he learns the, his when first martial he's art. Getting, when,
1: he's getting Jiu-Jitsu, when he's getting moves uploaded into him.
0: Yeah, his first martial art was Jiu-Jitsu. I did not know that. I thought it was always, yeah. I know Kung Fu, but it was... I know jujitsu i was like yo i, got, I was spazzed out because yeah. I, I had no idea it's one of my favorite films so i freaked out about it um but yeah i didn't know it's always like jujitsu has always been around my whole life but i didn't know what it was um and i bought <laughs> I remember my first time being introduced to ufc was uh this video game for ps2 uh the ufc game it was the first UFC game i think and it came out for ps2 i didn't know what it was the grappling aspect so my mentality as a kid, I was probably thirteen, fourteen, was that it was gay. Uh, I grew up in the hood. <laughs> I, grew, I grew up in the hood, and in the hood mentality is if you're. Bro, touching
1: that shit other, is that shit is gay, son. Yeah, that's,
0: <laughs> yeah, that shit is gay, dog. Fuck that shit. I ain't touching no other man. Yeah. Um, the balls in your face. Y'all doing dog. that wrestling shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's funny because I made fun of wrestling too—the pro wrestling, not pro wrestling, uh, the actual sport of wrestling. Yeah, like high school uh, and college. But wrestling. I, but I loved pro wrestling, WWF, WWE, right. whatever. Um, so I—that's how I grew up. My mentality when I was young was being around other kids that had that—that that shit is gay, son. Whatever. Right. So, I wouldn't have been into jujitsu. Um, when I was a kid, but it would have been awesome for me to do that because I've got bullied, I've got... The, what you get out of jujitsu and Muay Thai is all, like, everything that I've, like, fucking looked for, man. Just the... We can go down a list. You can sh- come up with a whole list of things with your experience of the benefits of martial arts with these two specific things that I'm speaking of. There's other... Uh, I'm pretty sure martial arts that you get similar experiences, but we, you and I know that jujitsu. It's fucking complicated as hell. Uh, and yes, complex.
1: But and they're teach- all they're all complicated, right? Yeah, like So yeah, d- true. D- d- don't you know? Like, I know. I know. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, like as jujitsu people and as somebody who's like muay thai, right? And I and I do both. And I think they're both great. Like if I had to, if you, I will always. And I'll be honest. Like if I had to pick one, I'm always going to pick jujitsu. But if I get to pick two, I'm always picking jujitsu and muay thai, right? Mm-hmm. Like those would be the two that I w- that I would always learn. But there's something that you can get from all the arts as long as you kind of understand. And, you know, there's some tough dudes out there that do stuff that we think is corny, right? right? Like there's guys in the like George St. Pierre started off doing karate, you you know, like he's getting into the UFC Hall of Fame. So don't downplay, you know, what other martial arts can do just because maybe they're not as effective in the cage. Because yeah. it's not always, like, I don't know. Have you ever fought professionally?
0: Not yet. I've been trying to, but not, yeah.
1: Right. So I've never fought professionally, right? Mm. I've cornered guys. I've made it all the way to the UFC. But honestly, right, the the, the biggest thing that I get out of teaching martial arts, right? So I'm as a coach, I've cornered at the UFC, which is the pinnacle, right? Like cor- cornering at the UFC, it doesn't get any higher than that. Wow. But just getting... To love what we do is way more fulfilling.
0: Right. Sorry, I'm getting delayed. Uh, I don't know. if... All right, there you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. You're breaking up and it's I, I and it's hear you straight away. All right. Cool. I'm hearing something in the background. Sorry. Like, what is that noise? Too. There's like a lot of distractions in the background. Um. Yeah. I didn't. I wasn't trying to downplay. I'm sorry. So uh, that was my mistake. I. I've learned no, this no, no, myself. No, I'm not
1: saying. I'm just saying, like in. You're making it but clear. But in general, right? You know, like people. Yeah, but like people people talk shit on other martial arts, and like that's cool if that's how you got to sell. It. Like, ah, oh, karate sucks. No, it doesn't. You know, aikido right. sucks. No, it doesn't. Right? It's just not what we do. Right. right? Like when people ask me, like, well, what do you think of aikido? I go, I, I, I think it's cool. I don't I don't know anything about it. I've never done it. Right? I can only talk about the things that I've done and the th- things that I know about. Yeah. Right? Like if somebody's going to tell you, well, karate sucks. Well, are you sure? Because you don't know. You're not a karate expert, right? right? Maybe what we can say is that what the Gracies set out to accomplish, they did. Right. right? When they wanted to prove that in one-to-one combat, that jujitsu, when done correctly, the way they were doing it, would defeat a striking martial art, they were right. They proved right. it time and time again. That argument we can make. I right. don't subscribe to this whole idea that all these other martial arts are bullshit and they suck, right? Because they don't. Because if you're a karate guy and you add jujitsu, whoa, you're a dangerous dude. Right. You know, so. Yeah,
0: it all depends on the, the, the efforts of the individual, what they're learning in that specific martial art. How much are they learning their technique? How effective it is in comparison to the the person that they if they're going against someone to defend themselves.
1: Right. Uh, and, and jujitsu, unfortunately is going down a, a very similar path. Like, you know, cause back in the day in the sixties and seventies, you walked into a karate school, you were, you were walking in the fight. Like right. it wasn't a kid, you know, they weren't teaching kids. They were teaching adults. Like you and I would have would have gone to, if we didn't go box, we would have gone to karate. Right. right. You know, like, and, and we would have been in there kicking each other and punching each other and, and, you know, fighting for real. But what happened is karate started to become a business. Right. And they realized that kicking each other in the face might not be good for money. So you see the same thing happening in jujitsu. Now jujitsu used to be, and I don't want to be like, Oh, it used to be better back in the day. It's just different now. Right. Back in the day, jujitsu was so that we could fight people from other martial arts or street fight. Nowadays, jujitsu most jujitsu classes are so that you can beat other jujitsu people. So that's why when you look at a jiu-jitsu move and you, you know, you'll hear a lot of the old school Gracie say, well, you know, the Barambolo or this move or that move, you know, that that's going to get your head stomped in, in a street fight. They're right. But that doesn't make the Barambolo a crap move. It just makes it a move that doesn't work in a street fight. Right. Yeah. Or something that, that these guys weren't preparing for, they weren't preparing to be the best jujitsu guys in the world. They were preparing to be the best martial artists in the world that practice one martial art. Right. Mm, right. So now when you're trying to become the best jujitsu guy in the world, you got to make the, you got to make the moves complicated because everybody can, you know, we could all do the basics, Mm -hmm. right. It's like, who can do better at the, at the complicated moves, but I don't, I don't want to talk too much on your podcast. I'm sorry. No,
0: no, no, yo, you're good. You're perfect, man. The way you're speaking is perfect. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, Uh, what do you call it i just wanted to ask you because you know you get into the uh you get into the world that i love to talk about i love to talk about the balance of martial arts because me as a martial artist i like to i've been learning so much about myself and blah 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 and i've been learning about not dissing you know that you're talking about like not under uh estimating the other aspects of martial arts like i i train at home when i kick the bag I use round I use a uh, spinning roundhouse kicks I think they're called right or spinning back kicks the one that Joe okay. Rogan does Yes I, I use that as taekwondo or whatever I don't know if there's any other martial art that does that but probably know, a
1: ton of them right Yeah
0: so I learned from I learned from that and that's a, that's not muay thai and when I learn when I train at balance we learn muay thai just the basic stuff so I learned that and then I'm like all right but I want to learn this too I want to learn this and I do things on my own I it's like a I look at it as a creative endeavor so as a martial artist artist i take that word artist and i really underline that um for artists so if i want to learn how to defend myself i take the martial principles of learning how what i can do to effectively self uh defend myself in case someone were to try to harm me or my family in you know the street i could take on not everybody but the majority of people more confidently than I did before because I wasn't confident. I've relied on my temperament to, uh, take over so that I can destroy them. And you know what I mean? In my head, I would think I would destroy all them.
1: your hood training.
0: Yeah. All my hood training, my street, <laughs> st- my street efforts. <laughs> Cause I got growing up, I got beat up so much and I got rolled on, you know, you name it. I got mugged, uh, I have a long list of things that happened to me that, you know, that I have experience in that I hated. And I took all that and I gathered what my mom does. Oh, she! Everyone's scared of her because she's she has this temper that freaks the freaks everybody the fuck out. Okay, let me do that. Let me unleash the fury. <laughs> so I used to just like every time. Granted, I haven't gotten to a fight ever since I harnessed the anger temperament issue. Um, I haven't gotten to a fight where. Uh, I leased my temper. I unleashed my temper, and I, you know, I, I hit someone and knocked them out. That never happened after that. So, because I think after 11th grade or 12th grade, no one bothered me, and all I had now was a dumb temper that would freak out in the freaking road of snapping on right. someone, cut me off. That's all I had from it. Or and really, right, but you're an adult
1: now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you, are really, yeah. you're, you're 31. Should you really be getting into street fights, regardless no. of temper no. or not? Yeah. You know, like right. That's. So that's ridiculous. Like if you, somebody, if god no, 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 go ahead. i was saying if somebody attacks you, it's one thing, mm-hmm. right. But if your temper is pushing you into a fight as a 31 year old man, man, you need to take a step back and, you know, make, make a chart of like, oh, what are the pros and cons of this? Why am I, why am I, why am I getting into street fights at 31? Right. Defending yourself at 31, man, I'm all for that, right? If you have to defend yourself, but also, not putting, in, not putting yourself in a situation where you need to defend yourself right. is part of self-defense, right? But
0: Exactly, yeah. I, I'm glad you said that because that's exactly what I've learned with the process of learning martial arts, jujitsu, and uh, Muay Thai. I've learned how to be a, more aware of my surroundings. I know what I know for the most part. I'm not, obviously, I'm just a blue belt in Jiu-Jitsu and I'm a two-year experience with Muay Thai in general, but... I now I know what I know. I've I had to, I had two altercations that I had one of them. I had to physical I had to physically grab somebody in a Muay Thai clinch. I didn't do anything. All I did was hold, hold him and tell him I love him because they were he was drunk and I was a little bit tipsy. And I just told him, you know, let's not do this, you know, because it was a fight between him and someone else, blah, blah, blah. But I was happy that, oh, hey, I'm using Muay, a Muay Thai clinch to hold him down because he. <laughs> You, he, you know, him, him and I have the same strength. You know, we had the same height, blah, blah, blah. So I was kind of excited that I use uh, martial art effectively and not in a way that someone else would use it to harm the person. You know what I mean? Right. I, I actually held it's him pronounced,
1: It's pronounced scrimf.
0: Scrimph? What is that?
1: Scrimph. What is that? When you're strong scr- it's pronounced <laughs> when,
0: <laughs> Um Yeah, whatever. Scrimf, then. I use my, <laughs> I use my scrimf. To hold them down. Um, so, I don't know, again, and then the other altercation was with a woman, my neighbor, actually. She They moved, thankfully. But it was over a stupid parking spot. I said a dumb thing. You don't say, all right, so a little one rule of thumb. I said this before. Do not tell the person, if you live in the hood still, uh, do not tell the person, your neighbor, that you're going to call the cops. they are going to get very angry and make more threats and make the situation more difficult for you to deal with. But anyway, I thought I was going to have to uh, take down this big lady. She was pretty big and she was being threatening. So I didn't do anything physically to harm her. But what I did learn from Jiu Jitsu, I used it there was to keep my hands up. So, you know, the prayer hands. Uh, we I used that to be a thing. bouncer. So I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. OK, so you have a lot of experience then, I'm sure. So I, I just kept my hands up to keep my distance. I kept telling her, look, I don't want any problems, blah, blah, blah. I
1: just did everything that I've learned. I don't want to lie. I wasn't really a bouncer. I was a door guy. I a never really guy. got involved with much. But anyway.
0: <laughs> but you still were. You still saw things, experienced things. Yes, girls,
1: yeah, yeah, 100%. Right? Man, yeah. Like I, the toughest people that you and I both know very, very rarely want to get into fights. Right. Right. Like, the old saying is if you want to get into a fight, you could go to Balance Studios and you could fight every day, twice a day. Like, mm-hmm. you don't need to walk around looking for an altercation. Like, it's just, it's, it's not worth it. Tim and I just talked about it. I, I forget if it was on the last podcast or the one that's coming out. Uh, how many people we know that have killed people in street fights, right? right. Like, the, and not the punch, but once when they hit the ground. Right, yeah. head hits the floor, they die, you know, like it, that kind of thing. It's like, man, you know, like that. It's dangerous.
0: Right. That was your last podcast, by the way. Oh, okay. It was yeah. released already this week. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, you don't listen to your podcast after it released, right? You don't. Do that? I do. Yeah, oh, I okay. do.
1: But so we're because of the whole COVID nineteen thing, we're running a week behind yeah. in case we can't make it to the studio. So I, I listened to that podcast like ten or twelve days ago and like my memory is terrible when it comes to the podcast like people bring up stuff that i talked about and i go really what episode i I don't remember saying that you know yeah
0: yeah same here i suck with memory so because like when i do this podcast i do it solo as well like if i I, i'm trying to keep it consistent every week so even if i can't get a guest to join me i'll just fucking do it myself and just start talking about random shit but uh yeah. Usually I forget my, I have to go back to my other episodes. Wait, did I talk about this already? Fuck. Cause I don't want to repeat myself over and over again.
1: But if so, it's yeah. interesting, man, you know, like yeah. we're like Tim, Tim and I, we don't really care, man. Like we're, yeah. we like, and when we say like, we don't care, we, we always want to do a good job and we want people to listen to our podcast. Right. But if we wind up talking about the same thing, all right, man, we talked about the same thing, whatever. Yeah. You know, like people want to listen. They haven't come, you know, nobody's complained yet.
0: Yeah. I mean, you guys have been consistent with uh, changing your subjects. You guys don't, I don't, I don't see you guys repeating stuff like Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan often repeats himself a lot, <laughs> but I, I, you know, I said that because it's like whatever he does with a lot of guests. And uh, so I look at that too, but I, to, I'm just saying in general for me, I don't want to keep telling people about my suicidal issues that I had. That's something I caught myself doing. I saw that some episodes, I'm like, why do I keep repeating? It? I don't have to say it. People there's new listeners, I get that. But, right, but if it's
1: but right. here's so let me uh, go ahead, go ahead, go I'm, ahead. I'm speak, very fatherly. I like giving speak advice. Your mind, I don't, bro. I don't, speak, I don't speak your like mind. taking advice, but I like giving advice. Yeah, that's fine. If you if if you feel good about putting that out there and it's genuine, yeah. Then put it out there okay right so one of the like i don't have a lot of people that i've looked up to my whole life like other than my dad and kind of like stuff like that but you know somebody that i've always admired as an entertainer was don rickles i don't know if you know who don rickles is but he's a crazy old famous comedian yeah I look him up there's, there's a really like and he is hilarious. like he doesn't give part of my language a fuck right 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 like He makes fun of you if you're white, you're black, you're Puerto Rican, like it doesn't matter. But um, there was a, um, there was a documentary about him maybe about 10 years ago. uh, I think it was called Mr. Warmth or Mr. Personality, where they said that the best thing about Don is that he's a true artist. And what that means is that he always wanted his crowd to laugh but he was never willing to compromise to make them laugh. Hmm. And as long as you're not compromised, because look, bro, there's very few people out there making the money that Joe Rogan's making. So we do podcasts because we love it. We have fun. And we want people to hear our voice. So like I'm myself, Tim, you like, if you need, if you want to talk about, it's your suicidal tendencies, three episodes in a row, go for it. You know, because you're, I mean, unless you're making a ton of money on your podcast and it's ruining your stats, <laughs> right. then I, I wouldn't worry about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Nah, no, yeah, I guess it, it. I'm trying to learn. I've been another thing I, I take from martial arts is is teaching me a lot about just understanding myself more, uh, along with meditation. Meditation is doing that a lot. But in terms of my insecurities, I I've been trying to grow out of. So we were talking about the temperament thing. I wanted to clear that up too. So my temperament, I am learning how to stop. I'm trying to manage it now to keep that shit down because I, I created this. I don't know if it's all, it's just a thing that occurs. It was going to happen regardless It's because it's part of my genetics, whatever, because my mom and my family on my mom's side, they have you know, bad tempers. But uh, ultimately, I'm still trying to like now, again, it started from when I was trying to create this thing, this little beast, and now I'm trying to maintain the beast because now I'm an adult. I'm 31. And I'm like... Dude, I don't need to be snapping at anybody in the streets to use martial arts to anybody. There's no point of that. I was just explained to you the altercation I had with the neighbor. I didn't snap on her. I was trying to make, remain calm. She was really annoying me, but I was doing my best to keep my composure so I didn't lose my shit and then cause an issue where her boyfriend, which it's a long story with that, I thought he was gonna kill me. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Interesting shit. Uh. I think I brought it up on here before. But anyway. Um. Stuff like that, so I don't get myself killed, so to speak. I'm trying to survive, so I can take care of my family. I'm trying to stay away from the bullshit out there that goes on, so I can keep my own shit, situation shit, situated. But I'm losing my train of thought. But ultimately, this, I've been learning from martial arts about myself in terms of insecurities. Uh, what uh, martial arts is giving me more confidence is giving me more uh, awareness on top of the things I'm trying to do is giving me more accountability, blah, blah, blah. the list goes on with what it's doing for me. But I take what I learned from there. And I use meditation as a way to analyze everything all together to come into this full circle with who I am as a person. So the podcasting thing is like another experiment because now I'm talking to people and there's any mistakes I do is just a mistake, but the the insecurity is going to happen. Of course so um, so with that suicide thing if I bring up oh my secure oh my so- my suicidal stuff I personally don't like it when someone plays the victim or when someone constantly brings something up because they want that out there but at right. the same time I have to understand why they're doing it or why they keep saying it so I judge myself I guess whenever I say something I'm like why did you bring that up like did you bring that up because you had a point or were you trying to make people feel bad about yourself? So I, I'm just very, and, and I say it, uh, I have a lot of self-criticism, right.
1: but, but check it out. Right. Yeah. But if, so if you were like talking about, oh well I'm unhappy. like, I've had body issues, right. Where I, you know, like I've been dealing with not feeling good about how I look my whole life. All right. Like that sucks. And you know, and whatever. And you might help somebody if you talk about that two or three times, right? And you know, like that that kind of thing. But you have apparently you've had a real experience with getting into uh, an area of suicide that not a lot of people have gotten into, mm. right? And if you're able to get to one person, or if that third or fourth or fifth time that you talk about it and it helps one person, then it was worth every single time you've ever talked about it.
0: Yeah. Right. So it's true. not
1: you being kind of like self-centered about it it's part of your process in healing right and if yeah. you can pass that along to somebody else and say hey look man you're not alone in this right i i had these thoughts and this is how i got through it and hopefully you can get through it too you know like what you know who, at the end of the day it's about connecting with people that want to connect with you people that don't want to connect with you are just going to be like "Ah, oh, fuck the dude's talking about killing himself again i'm moving on right, it's not right. somebody you want listening anyway yeah so. true
0: yeah yeah, that's so true. I it's like a reminder whenever uh, I tell myself that I shouldn't be doing these podcast. This podcast actually, I fight with myself sometimes because uh, I'll tell myself no. One, I get I have like a few listeners that are. I don't know if they're the same, but I get like I got like a certain count, like ten. So it shifts, and then I I find myself worrying about that too much. I'm like, dude, just. Just I tell I have to parent myself and tell myself, just release the damn thing, let it go and move on. Keep it going. Do you enjoy doing this? Is there a reason why you like doing this? Blah, blah, blah. I have to go down the list. Then it keeps me going. So yeah, everything you so just like, said was true though.
1: I, I look at like so chasing numbers, man, you could just get caught up in the numbers. Yep. Right. You know, <laughs> yeah. like ten listeners, four, you know, like we we're lucky, right? Tim owns a school, I own a school, you know, we're somewhat in our schools, clearly we're, you know, we're, we're not famous, but people know who we are. Our students are going to listen. So when we started our podcast, we had, you know, like I would post our numbers on a Facebook group that I'm part of that's about podcasts. Like, wow, how how did you get so many listeners? Like right away? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting this and I'm getting that. And I go, I have no idea, dude, like we don't do anything special, you know, like in the sense of like, we try to put out a good podcast, but uh, I was in the beginning. I'm like, oh man, we got 200 listens. We got 250. We got three, 350. You know, one of our episodes hit 600. You know, and then right. at a certain point, I'm like, all right, well, who cares? I would still do it if one person listened. Right. Like, I have a ton of them on my computer that me, Tim, and another a couple of our friends did. That we had a blast doing that we never released. Right? They right. it doesn't make them any less valuable because they were valuable to us. So. Right.
0: That's so true. Yeah. It's. Uh, to go down with human behavior, we often find ourselves looking for that thing that everyone else does. So you see Joe Rogan or all, all these other podcasters are successful. They're getting paid. They're making a living out of it because of something else they've done. Like uh, most comedians have a podcast now because Joe Rogan, he's telling all of them to get a podcast. So they have their own separate fan base that's carrying on to that. And they're making money from that, blah, blah, blah. This goes on of all the shit with... What we as the smaller people, whatever you want to call it, uh, me as a creative person, I've been, I've always been into pr- product, uh, productive stuff, like uh, anything media based. Uh, I used to want to be a filmmaker and I used to make films, and then it, that's long story short. Now I'm here using my, one of my tools uh, to record audio. Now I'm using it to just fucking make podcasts because I still all these things I'm talking about on my podcast was th- were things that I wanted to put on film. So that I can make uh, meaningful films. But because of my uh, experiences and my lack of ambitions, and this is my luck overall, where I am now, I have kids now. So it's like my life is different. Podcasting is so much easier for me to just sit right. here, set the damn mic up. I have to now, now I'm facing another insecurity. I'm over it now, but I face another insecurity of reaching out to people like you, even you. Uh, to talk, hey, I don't know you. I don't, you know, we don't know each other like that. We met each other right, yeah. and I listened to your show and that's as far as I know you. I don't know your personal life. I, I never, we never hung, hung out, you know, had a beer. Right. So I don't, it's hard. My brain. Uh, it's, now, hard right. This. I'm going to stay cre- the
1: same.
0: Say it again, one more time.
1: I said, that. that's not changing. We're yeah. still not going to hang out and we're still not going to have a beer.
0: <laughs> that's fine. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I accepted that years ago when I realized how much of a weirdo right. I am and not a lot of people uh, hang out with me in general. That's besides the point. That's that's a different case. I, I get it though. Gotcha. Yeah. Um what do you call it? Uh uh what was I saying? Oh,
1: but so reach, that, you said you're insecure about reaching out to people.
0: So yeah, that's what I'm saying. The podcasting has taught me a lot. With oh damn, I'm really insecure with reaching out to people that I want to speak to. I would like to speak to you because you have experience of running a gym. You have now you do you, you, your podcast was was really led me on to to knowing who you are as a person, the way you're talking, right. and blah blah blah. Uh, so I wanted I was I had an interest in talking to you. Same with Tim. Now I'm learning more about Tim. I didn't know he was into philosophy, but before that I was interested the same way. But now that I know he's, he's into philosophy and you guys are showing more personality and show, I'm like, damn, I really want to talk to these guys on my show. So I was like, fuck. Cause everything about this show is philosophy or is in the realm right. of philosophy anyway. Um, so that's why I'm like reaching out. So to That's
1: interesting too, because like, like, just think about it. You do cool shit. You wanted to make movies. You know how to do audio production. You have a podcast. Like if you were to sit down in a room full of people at an Ivy league school, you might not be able to talk to them about the shit that they know. Right. Mm -hmm. But you could definitely talk to them about the shit that, you know, right. And they would walk away and be like, Oh man, yo, I met this dude. Will, he's a podcaster. He's got this, he's got that. You man own what you're good at and put it out there, put it, put it out front. You know, like uh, with our podcast, the one that I'm the main co-host on. Like I, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I, we very rarely have guests and that's not because that, you know, like having guests, is, uh, gu- guests are great, but we don't give a fuck. Like right. the, the show is not built on having guests. The show is built on what Tim and I bring to it and talk about it. So if we do have a guest and the, the, hopefully you've listened to some that have guests on it, I it's yeah. not like we, it, it's not like the show revolves around the person. The show just they they in, we introduced them into the show and they just become a part of it. Right. Right. Cause the we never wanted this to be something where it it showcased who we could get on. Right. We wanted it to be something where we got to share what we wanted to share with people. And when I sit down, anywhere I go, it's like I heard this old story about Kanye West and you know his line was because i do cool and dope shit and you and i both do cool and dope shit right podcasting martial arts parenting do you know what i'm saying like that's cool and that's dope and let people know and take that confidence when you go to ask somebody to be on your show i reach out to people all the time in like people that are the Top of their, you know, like uh, the food chain in what they do. Like, I I reached out, I've recently gotten into Formula One racing Mm, and I reached out to the top Formula One racing uh, driver directly. I emailed him, got no response. I'd sent him a message, I tagged him, didn't get nothing. Right. I was like, all right, cool. I get it. He's got millions of followers, like what have you. And, but then I reached out to the one of the top American YouTubers. Right. And, he's got like 60 or 70,000 followers on his YouTube channel. So for like a niche sport, it's a lot of, it's a lot of followers and I'm going to, you know, at some point I'm going to have him come on our show and we're going to talk about it and all all this other stuff. But if I didn't have the confidence of knowing that I do dope and cool shit and that I can get people interested in what I talk about, I would have never reached out to him. You know,
0: right? that's a perfect way to motivate yourself to, you know, like a, what's it, it's called a, Mantra So I, I don't know if you're into that, that shit I, I'm i not into it But I like the mantra When you repeat something to yourself To remind you what it is about So I uh, like that right there Cool and dope shit I wrote that down so that Anytime I reach out to somebody Like I want to reach out to Sam Harris He's top of the chart of podcasting Of course But he's I'm really First of all I've, I've read his books uh, Well one of his books I'm sorry Read his, I'm reading his wife's book too I'm reading his books and I'm reading. I'm into his the way he speaks and what he talks about. So I want to talk about that more. But I want him on my show. Right. So I already reached out to Eddie Basolo and Kevin Ross, and those are two Muay Thai fighters that I was into because they were cool the way they, the way they perform or whatever, and the way they speak. I didn't know Eddie was gonna speak the way he speak. He spoke, but because he spoke so fucking like he was down to earth. He was. It's like I had expectations in a way, but I didn't. I don't like to have expectation for people, right. but uh, like you, you're surprising me. I mean, honestly, everyone surprises me all the time. So it's just because I try not to have expectation from people. I know you uh, from what I hear on the show, but what you bring to this table is you show you you're teaching me stuff. I'm like, damn, dude, I or you're reminding me of stuff. I was like, fuck. I didn't expect this. You know what I mean? I, you don't know what to expect. And I, that's what I love about this Because I do cool
1: shit. and dope shit.
0: Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But
1: seriously, like, you know, like if, if I'm a martial arts instructor, right? Yeah. And part of it is people come to me because they want something that I have. Mm. Right. And part of that is this confidence that I carry. And I'm not, it's not confidence in being a dick, but man, like I'm secure in who I am wasn't right. always secure in who I am. Right. Right. And, and, I'm, and is this a work in progress? 100%. I'm not done.
0: Right? right. But
1: I'm, I am, man, like I'm a much different person than I was a year ago, five years ago, 10, 15, 20, you know, so, so forth and so on. So much so that my mother has no clue who I am. Hmm. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? Like hmm. she looks at me as this, this person and she can't, she doesn't understand the journey that I've been on Right yeah. through the martial arts, through dealing with what I had to deal with with my kids, you know, becoming a successful business owner, getting into things that I I was confident, like I was getting into that, you know, maybe I had no right getting into it, but because I was confident and I was able to sell myself, I'm able to do these things, you know.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned that your mom doesn't know you, and it made me think of my mom because my mom still continue continues to say that she knows me more than i do you know if she uh, perspective i I would just say mention that but you know i I often remind i often tell her things that she doesn't know about me like how much i i didn't know about myself i've always been fascinated with psychology uh neuroscience i didn't even know what neuroscience was until sam harris mentioned it um But I'm into all these things that, damn, because I always wanted to be a therapist when I was a kid. I always wanted to help people. I always wanted to be that person that, what you just did to me earlier, uh, the fatherly like uh, figure where you want to you know, give advice and all that. Um, I love doing that to make other people see things uh, differently than they currently do to help them reach a, a different level of perspective so that they can get shit right. done the way they want to. Like you just told me cool, uh, cool and shit because everything that we do is cool. And so if I keep that same thing and apply it to every time I reach out to people now that's always going to be my thing I got that from you I'm always going to remember that and uh, anytime I reach out to someone I'm going to use that even though I had some other thing to say just fucking do it you know what I mean
1: right so but the other what I will say is this though is keep reaching out to Sam Harris or or reach out to him but don't take it personal if he doesn't of course right Right. But, but also don't let it affect the fact that you still look up to him and that you want him on the show. Yeah. And that the eventuality is that, you know, one day if you work hard enough and you get the right breaks and you do the right thing, you'll be big enough where Sam Harris now will be noticing your email. Right. right? Exactly. And yeah. th- there's the thing is that you can't like, never like when I reach out to people and they don't reach back, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck him. He doesn't yeah. realize how cool and dope <laughs> my shit is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and one I think, day I think that's tough, we yeah. shall
0: sorry go ahead, go ahead my fault
1: yeah uh, yeah no but i mean th- th- that's the thing it's like i, I re- like I, I reached out to guys at 2016 world champion in formula 1 racing mm. right like he's in formula 1 he's as big as they that there could have been in 2016 and he retired the year that same year that he won the championship and there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff formula 1 And, and if you want to get into something new right now and I don't know if you're into traditional sports like baseball or football and all that other stuff and but if you want to get into something check out called Drive to Survive right and it's like a, it's like a documentary on Formula One and it really kind of takes a deep dive but going back like I reached out to this guy and I'm like man it'd be awesome to have him on like, how cool is it? Because I kept thinking, from from my perspective, two MMA fighters want to talk to a guy that doesn't want to know how to fight, right? He knows how to drive, mm. right? Or uh, you know, so that's the cool part. I see for him, right? Okay. Where it's like, oh wow, like these guys aren't drivers. These guys aren't Formula One enthusiasts. These guys are MMA people. Why do they want to talk to me? What what does a Formula One driver what could he bring to a martial arts podcast, right. right? That like that's the other thing too is like having that mental that that mental scrimp, right? That to be able to package it to yourself to say this is why he wants to be on my show even though he doesn't know it yet,
0: right? That you know I did question that too when you guys I heard you mention it. I was like ah oh, it's interesting I mean I, that's your show of course as. You're the co-main, what do you call it, the main co-host.
1: Main co-host, yes. Oh, yeah.
0: And it just, I questioned, I was like, driver? Like, Formula One? I mean, I watched a couple of albums. I was was never into it, but I'm always fascinated by the different aspects of why they do it and how fast they go and the the mental aspects of it, like, what they're dealing with. Like, you're going fucking fast in that shit, and it's dangerous, so... I'm always fascinated and asked, But I was like, "What could they bring to the Ninja Rob Pocket?" So it's just a weird turn they're going. But I was like, "Hey, I mean, we'll see what happens." That's that's why I love about uh, sh- people like you that just you're open minded to not just stick to one little thing that you're doing. Like you guys are talking about different stuff, by the way, and it's changing the the it is changing things a little bit for my me as a fan. It's changing things, but I still listen to you guys regardless, and because before. I was learning shit from you guys and now it's, I'm just listening. Like I'm just listening as a fan. I, I right. noticed that because you guys are not, you guys are somewhat teaching somewhat here and there, but now it's more focused on just, just you're talking about ice cream, Ben and Jerry shit <laughs> and it is so making it's me of, hungry.
1: <laughs> so right now it's kind of tough because yeah. we take our experiences as, you know, like active martial arts training and teaching and it bubbles over into the podcast, right? So yeah. stuff that happens at the school on Tuesday, we could talk about on Saturday. Right. But since nothing's going on, it's tough to fabricate that, right? right? And say these are the lessons. Uh, so we've kind of come, we've pivoted a little bit during the during the um, the lockdown to being a little bit more lifestyle. But once we get back to training, it's going to be you know it'll it'll get back to oh yeah. You know, a little just, bit of everything.
0: I was just saying, I noticed a thing that I, I like, here, look at me, I'm still listening to these guys talk about stuff that that I initially let started listening to you guys cause I was attracted to the the learning from it. And, but whatever. all you guys were talking about martial arts and stuff. so, uh, but now I'm still here. I'm still as a fan. it just it just gave me a little perspective of like even if you go off track or whatever you do, it's still your show. I still want to listen to your show. I still want to tune in. What are they talking about now? I'm always curious. Right. Are they going to talk about the next ice cream? I don't care. It's still, you know, if, you guys are fun regardless. And it's not like a boring show. That's, that's why I continue to listen. No, to I appreciate
1: it, so. that. No, and, and we try yeah. to, you know, like we, we do the show. We do it once a week, man. It comes yeah. out. It's a ton of fun. We get good feedback. Even if we didn't get good feedback, yeah. right? like we've done 52. Well, technically 53 episodes have been recorded. Man, that's a lot of like we've been unbelievably consistent—an episode a week, fifty-two weeks in a row. Right? Oh, yeah. Like I've been on every single one of them. I think Tim has been—he wasn't there for one or two. I can't—I can't remember. One time he went to Hungary and might not been there for—for for another one. Uh, but man, it's—it's it's fun. Like when we originally started the podcast, it was part of a way of being able to connect with our students and also being able to uh, present ourselves as subject matter experts. Right. Right. Like, yeah, we're martial artists. So let's talk about martial arts. And now that we have a platform to talk about ice cream, TV shows, movies, you know, what's going on, our political beliefs, why not use that? Cause even though to a guy like Joe Rogan, 20,000 listens in a year, wouldn't be a lot. Like to me, I'm like, fuck man, I can't believe we got 20,000 downloads in one year. Like that's yeah. a, a big fucking number and i tell people i'm just me and tim are just as famous as joe rogan is to the people that listen to us right to those people that don't listen to us they have no clue who we are the people that do we we, you know so
0: yeah it's funny because joe rogan releases i don't know what his i used to work when i used to work i used to listen to at least four to five uh, different podcasts a day uh, because i have so much time to listen while i'm working because i I fill vending machines and i'm on the road a lot so that's you guys carry every tuesday i think you guys were Tuesday, 10 a.m yeah yeah yeah, you guys would carry on about the portion of my day every time it's funny every time i reach my certain spot uh my stop i mean in my day you guys air put the show out and i'm able to listen to all right cool now i get to listen these guys for like an hour and a half or whatever and then it's the same time The same stops or whatever that I listen to you guys, so it's just a familiar uh, turf. Is funny, but Joe Rogan, I don't listen to him anymore as much because he does three-hour shows, and I don't see myself doing something around the house for three hours. With you guys, I'm able to do. I'm able to stretch, train, put laundry away, do whatever I have to do in my house, so I can listen to you guys. Because I'm not the, I don't listen to podcasts and sit there and do nothing and just listen or watch. I like to move and do get shit done productively. Speaking right. I like to clean the house or something I like to do something i can't sit there and listen by and because I, I feel like i'm wasting not that i'm wasting time but i feel like my my physical body could do stuff while i'm listening so this it's interesting but um uh, i forgot my point in bringing that up i don't know i guess i wanted to bring that up for some reason yeah. anyway um what we were talking about oh your fan base by the way uh the twenty thousand listens right
1: yeah, 20,000
0: downloads. Yeah. yeah d- downloads. Congrats on that. That's awesome. Thank I, you. When you when you released that, now, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> that was big to me, like and cuz I cause I, don't, I got like 700 downloads on mine. Okay. And you know, it's it's cool. It's still I don't care about the listens at this point, but it's still cool that you got 20,000 listens and it's just that's interesting and uh to see that that number.
1: Yeah, like and and you it- it's all perspective, right? Yeah. And if you were to go on, so I use a company called Buzzsprout that they, they handle the, the podcasting hosting for us, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm part of the Buzzsprout community on Facebook. And when I post my numbers, people are like, oh my God, your numbers are awesome. And then I see other people's numbers and I go, yeah, my numbers suck compared to this dude. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like it's all it's all perspective and all looking like what, if, if I wanted to become a millionaire, 20,000 downloads is crap. Right. But if I want to do what I'm doing, 20,000 downloads is awesome.
0: Yeah. That is a lot, man. Do you do you have any specific goals with your show or you just you're just doing it because it's fun and me like Yes. Yeah.
1: Go ahead. So the the goals are to continue having fun, right? Mm. Being able to connect with Tim as a friend and as like a podcasting host and you know, have our friendship grow deeper and also for people to hear what we have to say to get our message and our voice out there, (coughs) excuse me, to the greater and the bigger community, uh, so that they're hearing a voice that maybe is different than the other voices that are out there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You
0: you guys do have a voice too, for sure. Like I'm a listener. So you guys, I value, I value the perspectives of both of you, what you guys, even Devin, uh when he's on too I, I, allow, I value his perspective as well um especially coming from i don't know if you were raised in a hood I, I think i heard you mention something about it but
1: I, yeah i'm born and raised in south philly so yeah yeah yeah. yeah it's not yeah. not tech like no, my it was a middle class neighborhood but you yeah
0: know. i just find it hilarious when you guys make fun of tim because he's in the suburbs <laughs> or whatever and he's he doesn't 100%. have that experience so
1: <laughs> you know and not to like not talk about Devin, but the show revolve, like, you know, me and Tim are a big part of the show, but Devin is, you know, an equal part of the show. He's just not a black belt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: I get it. Yeah. That makes sense. The way you guys run the show. Um, I like that. I like, it's like, I liked it when you guys, Allowed Devin to be there, cause then you know, even as a blue belt, I still consider myself a white belt. Whatever that, always reminded white belt mentality. That thing right. where you're always learning. So I, I like that he's there, so that in case you guys may say something, he may be able to question something on jujitsu. Right, but like, yo, oh, what's
1: what does that mean? Or yeah. he doesn't know, cause like I said, I've been doing this since 1993, man. Yeah. You know, like I forget what it's like to be a beginner. Yeah, exactly. You know. And he's able to bring us back to that or just give us the perspective of somebody that's not a school owner and his perspective. And, you know, like we wouldn't be able to do the podcast if it wasn't for him. Yeah. Right. He's at his studio. He's our sound engineer. He's a co-host, you, you know, like if it wasn't for him, you know, the, the shows, it would be what we used to do. We'd get together. Cause I have a bunch of equipment. I have, um, field recorders i have a task dr40 a task dr60 i got a bunch of really good microphones uh i have an input output device i have software for editing but all that stuff is hard man yeah like the, the nice thing about doing it at devin studio is that like i said on our podcast an hour later i have a file it's done uploaded
0: Sorry, you were cutting off and the stopped. I
1: see. Yeah, now, the nice thing about doing it at Devin's studio is that I, I don't have to do anything other oh, okay. than be creative and talk into the microphone.
0: Right, right. Um. I had a question in regards to... Uh, oh, the... Uh, so, the pandemic, whatever, the, it has, like, so many different names for it, but you guys are being consistent with the podcast, but is it... And it's changing things a little bit, but... How is it affecting you in terms of, is it affecting you at all with the benefits of podcasting? Like the, I, you can go through a long list of why it's fun to do a podcast, but is it affecting you at all in that way? Or is it still the same?
1: So it's great because you know, like I'm, I don't get out of the house a lot now, yeah. right? Cause we're locked down. So it's a reason to get out of the house. Mm-hmm. It's a reason to see people that aren't 10, seven, four years old or my yeah. wife. Right. Which I love them. I wouldn't want to be locked down with anybody else, but it's also great seeing other human beings not on a zoom call, like in the, in the flesh. So there's another, there's another benefit of it, but also I think it shows our listeners and quote unquote fans that we're dedicated to the show.
0: Right.
1: Even during this thing that we're getting it, we're getting it done and we're going out there and we're trying to, even if it's for a couple hundred people an hour a week, we're giving them a little respite from the monotony of dealing with what they're dealing with.
0: Right. And it's, that's what I'm saying. I appreciate that because you guys are, you guys are doing it for you, but you're also doing for them at the same time. Like it's a huge, it's a lot of balancing.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, so we're doing it for us first. Yeah. Right. You know, that's like, strategy, so I, yeah. yeah. And, but I always want people to enjoy it, but they have to enjoy what I'm doing. Right. 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 Like that, that Don Rickles thing, like, you know, like I want people to enjoy it. I want, I want to do the best that I can do, but I, I don't want to compromise what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, because compromising can f- screw everything up as a creative person. Like it's just getting in And the especially way.
1: like if I'm gonna compromise a podcast that gets twenty thousand downloads a year, like what am I compromising it for?
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah,
1: you, you know, like I could see if you were telling me Joe Rogan makes compromises. Well, you know what, man, he's got a lot of there's a lot of revenue attached to what Joe Rogan does. So maybe you can understand why he would make some compromises, but at this point, nobody's nobody's flashed enough cash in my face to make me compromise <laughs> what I do.
0: Yeah, I hear that. Uh, it's a it, again, it's all up to the individual and in what you're trying to do. I mean, and I I've, I really appreciate that the compromising thing. I I forget the other word I had for that, but just being yourself, so to speak, like just doing what you want to do. Like you're you're doing it for your enjoyment, and if people like your shit they'll like your shit. Cause you're doing cool and dope shit. That's what right. And
1: they're, they're lucky. It's like when you overhear a cool conversation at a restaurant you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. You know, like that's like at the end of the day, that's what people are, are getting. Right. They're getting a cool conversation that they would have never gotten if they didn't listen.
0: Right. That's a funny way of looking at it too. Cause you can, that's what podcasting is all about. You get to listen to people's conversations that without the awkwardness of that you're you're sitting there fucking listening to someone's hour to two hour conversation or whatever. Like right. you're still sitting there listening to them. Now you're fucking weird. What are you doing there? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Why you
1: why are you eavesdropping? But no, it's yeah. great, it's great. And like I said, it's you know, Tim and I have been friends. I've cornered Tim for just about every single one of his MMA fights. I've you know, I've seen him grow as a person. Not that I'm like that much older than him, maybe like six or seven years, but I've been there for a lot of the big things in his life. And I mean it's just it's just great to be able to do it with somebody that you appreciate doing stuff with.
0: Right. So. You practically grew up with him, right? Uh, cause you guys trained together at uh, what's it called? Yeah,
1: I was already there a little bit, you know, like I'm the you know, I met Tim. I actually met Tim before he started training jujitsu at Maxercise. I met him at a judo club that I went to go went to go train at one time. But yeah, we've been friends for a very long time.
0: Yeah. And that's what brings you guys the chemistry together to the show. Um, it's funny in the beginning, though. You were, <laughs> I don't. You still do it a little bit, but you were like heavy on attacking him, not in a, not a bad way, like a more of a comical way that I found hilarious every time. <laughs> and now you kind of like you kind of like settled settled uh, settled down on it. But I'm like, damn, I miss him fucking with Tim. And you you guys you guys still do it with the with Tim. What are you and Devin together? It looks like.
1: Yeah. So like, it's always natural. Like, yeah. so if I go at him, yeah. it's because I feel like I need to go at him. Yeah, Right. Yeah. And I know Also there were some times where it got like, it got heated, oh, right. But, yeah. but it never affected the relationship or the friendship. But if I felt like I needed to go at him again, I would. But we've also grown, like we've learned what we're comfortable doing. Right. right. And what we're comfortable talking about and we haven't touched the subject that, and you know, it's, it's just, it's, I think it's before it was way more dramatic, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the disagreements now they're way more subtle.
0: Yeah. And you you guys found your balance throughout. Just keep doing the show consistently. This is teaching people, whoever's listening uh, for my last week. It was just funny. We we're doing this because uh, last week me and my training partner from balance, we were he was asking me about how to podcast like so we kind of like went through a guide of podcasting so to speak cuz i've been, i'm on this is episode 41 yes. and and again i've learned a lot from this i've started last year in april and uh i've been doing it by myself and with other guests and i've also been doing another podcast separate from this with my wife so i have all these different experiences with learning And you know he he's asking me all these questions about podcasts. I'm damn. I know all this shit about podcasts. That's crazy. It's only been a year, and I still have to learn so much because I haven't learned about the marketing of it. And I honestly, I learned a little bit, but I'm like I'm not trying to go far as to what you mentioned compromising my show or what I'm trying to do for the sake of reaching out to more listeners. I have to sit here and listen to these other people. I follow a group too, by the way. I post my shit through, uh, anchor. So it's, it's a free pro, whatever it's, it's, they do a lot of work for you. Um, yeah, yeah, I know, I know anchor. Yeah, yeah, you know about that. All right. Um, so I, I follow their group and same, same thing you're done. You see in your group, I see the same shit, but I'm often, I often see people worry about shit. Like, Oh, no one is listening to me. And, uh, what should I do? It's like, and I always just say the same shit. Just keep releasing. What do you, what is your purpose of releasing a podcast? just, if you have a point in your purpose, that's all that matters. Why do you care about how many listeners you have? If, if you really care about that, cause you're trying to make money. That's, I don't know anything about that. So, but all I can say is I feel like you're driving yourself down a hole of like, uh, making yourself depressed over something that could be fun. If you look at it with a different perspective. Um, I lost my right. of thought. You get what I'm saying though? I'm just trying to point out no, how like,
1: yeah, no, for sure. And people like, A lot of people want to do a podcast because they want to, you know, like they, so they want to do a podcast because they think it's fun and it is. They want to do a podcast, they want people to listen. But then when they realize that, oh man, like I'm not getting the listeners that I thought I would get, like they're, they don't feel validated. Yeah. Like, well, why am I, why am I doing this? It's like, well, you know, if, if it was to be Joe Rogan, sorry, bro, there's only one Joe Rogan.
0: Hmm. You know,
1: it's like people that get into, Basketball. There's only one Michael Jordan. There's only one LeBron James. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like you're doing this because you really enjoy doing it. Like you said, you do it for one person, you do it for a thousand people. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. You know, for us right now, like if I were to look at the numbers, like uh well, since the COVID, you know, the lockdown started, like, yeah, our numbers are down. We're still putting shows out. Like, I don't care that our numbers are down. I know they'll come back. And even if they don't come back up, right? The show will still get put out. Right. Right. Like, you know, at, at some point, um, more people will listen, or less people will listen. As long as I'm having fun doing it, that's all I care about.
0: Right. Does the, in terms of your, I wanted to talk about your school. I have I wrote a couple of things down just so I can cover some things uh, that I had wanted to. I wanted to ask you in terms of you running a martial arts school. You brought up COVID nineteen. Uh, I don't. You don't have to answer these questions, but it's just based on, you know, you. You manage a business, of course, and now it's
1: affecting you, of
0: course. And are you gonna open up soon? By the way, I was just
1: curious. I mean, it. I'm not in control of that. Yeah. Right. Like the the the, unfortunately, the 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 government dictates if I can open. Right. Like if I if you were to ask me, hey, if would I be open now if I could? Yes, I would be. Okay. Right. So like I would have been open a, a month ago, but. The you know the way the lockdown works and we're respecting what the government is asking us to do. So yeah, we're we are not open. And when you know the government gives me the okay, I'll be I'll be open.
0: And financially, they they got you covered pretty much with the I don't know the small business pro. Yeah, so
1: I don't I don't want to get into. You don't have to talk about the, that. I'm just. That, I can't even get into all that right now. No, that's
0: fine. I was just asked curious, because uh, I don't know how it's affecting I. I felt bad when I, once I heard about these small businesses, I was like, damn dog. That's like the one thing I feel bad about is these people that are actually dying from it and the people that are uh that run a business and now they're fucking their lives are changing because of it. Um but other than that, all these other people who are complaining about staying at home because 'cause they're seeing things differently. Uh, I kinda it's like I'm trying I find myself falling into this thing of wanting to try to show them something that they're probably not seeing and no one's listening so it's like it's frustrating but right. then i ever remind myself that why am i why am i worrying about people that don't want to listen or don't care to change their perspective because they're so distracted there's a lot that i've learned about the the this last episode a couple right episodes so like
1: ago. a small a small business owner a small business owner right now is complaining about being closed because this is their livelihood right most small business owners would probably tell you they would risk getting COVID if it meant being able to open their business and be able to keep their business going and, and open,
0: yeah. right? They
1: would they would risk getting this this illness because this is something they've built over a lifetime. Um, and I would do the same. If somebody said to me, hey, Marco, uh, you could open, but you'd risk getting COVID, but you'd still have a successful martial arts school, then I'd be at my school tomorrow, Right, right. right. So what a lot of people that don't have a small business – are complaining about is the inconvenience, Mm. right? Like they're just in, they can't see their friends. Yeah. That sucks. I get it. Mm. Oh, I can't go out to a restaurant. Yeah. That sucks. I get it. Right. But a small business owner whose family relies on the livelihood that the small business owner provides, these are very scary times because regardless of the loans and the help that the government can give, man, it doesn't mean that we're going to have an industry when this is over.
0: Right. Yeah, that's that's where I'm like, fuck, man. That's what I think about the most out of the this experience. Other than I'm okay, you know, I'm taken care of in terms of financially. Like, what about these other people, like the jujitsu right. schools, that are? It looks
1: like your walls are made of leather. You're so rich. <laughs>
0: Those are just my jujitsu mats. Uh, <laughs> that's another ghetto uh, thing of mine. a Little personal taste from the show that I've just I just kept doing. Gotcha. Yeah, cause it's my behind is just white walls and like yours is, I don't like the blandness of it, so just want to add a little spice. Right.
1: But what you don't you don't have that right there. You see that? Oh,
0: <laughs> the key to oh, okay, the key to the city. <laughs> hey, is that what you mean when you always say that? I think you said that a couple of times on your show.
1: I, so that was one of my students' daughters made that for me. Yeah. Her father almost died of a heart attack at my school. Yeah. And if not for convincing his wife that we needed to call 911, he probably would have died of the heart attack. Right. So on the, on the Ninja Rob podcast, I said, yeah, you know, I got a, a key to the town and around Christmas the the family dropped that off to me as a, uh, like, you know, like, yeah, they, they, I thought it was pretty funny. That's hilarious. That
0: ain't good. I was like, he got the key to the city, huh? And I, I was like, I guess this is a joke. I don't get it because I, I don't I don't know what he's talking about. But now I get it. Now that's funny. Yeah. Um, that's a crazy story too. By the way, you doing that? Yeah. Um, the situations that happen in jujitsu schools. I'm, do you have a lot of those experiences where things like that happen and you have to make a big decision that can affect someone's life?
1: So not from that drastic of a life or death situation, right? That was the one time where. Somebody had something going on that, if we didn't act quickly, they probably would have died, right? Most other times it was an orthopedic injury that are terrible but right. not life threatening, right? right? So, uh, and we always acted quickly, but it didn't have the same like, guy breaks his leg, okay, it's a cast or it's surgery, it's some you know rods or or whatever. I did have. Oddly enough, a student have a devastating, and this is a long time ago, like 15 years ago, devastating, broken leg, like bad, almost sticking out. Like if it was like, it was probably a millimeter or two from sticking out of of his leg, the the, the bone. And, um, we get him to the hospital. I got to sit on top of him so he doesn't sit up and, you know, like he's going through, like he's going through shock. And at a certain point, it's almost like he's not in any pain.
0: Right.
1: Get him to the hospital. Ambulance comes and I go see him in the hospital, in the emergency room, and he goes, "Marco, say hi to my mom."
0: Yeah, sorry about that.
1: <laughs> uh, are you still there? Yeah, no, don't worry, bro. I I have I got three kids, and like that's the least of my concerns. So
0: yeah, yeah. she her the I have my way of doing it is she's sleeping, and when she wakes up, she, it's a good thing my child knows how to run the PS4, and then she'll get on PS4 and play games and does random nice. crap. But she ran the remote ran out of battery. So that's why she grabbed a little doll or whatever. But anyway, um no Yeah. Uh yeah, that pretty much covers up everything that we talked about, man. I appreciate you being on. All right, on man. The show. Awesome. Yeah.
1: No uh, no problem. And let me know um when it comes out. So if you I don't know if you make any kind of like graphics and stuff, but I'll share it on all my social media and uh get it pumped out there. And then what we could do is uh if you I don't know how anchor works. Do you own all of your episodes? Like do you, or do you, so you do? Okay.
0: Long, yeah. Long story short, I do own them. I can move them if I wanted to, if I want to change right. services. Yeah.
1: So as, like if you have an episode um, that you think is like an awesome episode, like I'll just be honest, like I've never listened just cause I don't really don't That's listen fine. to podcasts. Right? Uh, I'm
0: never offended by that. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah.
1: It. Uh, But if you have an episode that you're like, man, I really think I killed it on this episode. Like maybe like it like a month or two or whatever, we could release it on the Ninja Rob platform, okay, right? So that we could get maybe some people that, because it would be pretty natural for some of our listeners to want to listen to a podcast like yours, since you're kind of you know like it's it's it it, it it's there's some common some overlap. We did it with the Andocast Cast too, where we released one of his episodes on our platform to our people. And, you know, I think his episode got like two hundred listens on our platform. So Oh, okay, cool.
0: Yeah. Uh I have a couple episodes of mine that I can send you that you could check out. One of them is particular with Eddie Abyssolo. That was my the way he the way he was speaking, he pretty much did a lot of the, the stuff. The whole point of the show, so to speak, was to talk mainly about philosophy and okay the way we went over things. And this episode too was really helpful. But of course, uh, is all depending on what you want you prefer yeah,
1: yeah so that uh, that would be cool because like I my fans hear me all the time right. right right So if they if you think that episode with Eddie Avisolo is really good, yeah then we'll get that we'll put that one out so that then because it helps us to get new stuff out to our people right right you know it's not always just Tim and I right It's like, oh, here's a you know a friend of the show check his show out.
0: Yeah. Blah blah blah. I gave you guys a shout out on my show a couple of times. Uh I appreciate it. Yeah, we I try to give uh like I you know how I always share your shit on my Instagram. I, yes, I try for to sure. I try my best to help other people uh get their shit out, of course. Fighters, doesn't matter, yeah, podcasters. I only know you guys as a podcast that I actually listen to that I enjoy. So I try to share your, your stuff too. Awesome, but, um, man. Yeah, that yeah, no, thank
1: you. Yeah, so l- let me know when this comes out. I'll pump it up. Do you put like graphics out or do you kind of- Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I try, what I try to do when I'm when I'm actually on my shit, I edit clips of the show. So I'll take stuff that you said that was like so meaningful that I needed to put it out there and it gives you the, uh, the uh, what do you call it I'm looking for? People will look at you, oh man, this guy's cool. I'm going to follow him. You know, that type of shit. I'm advertising for you. Yeah. About, t- anything that I can do That's to awesome. promote you, I'm trying to put out there uh, that you bring to the show. Uh, but I do graphics and stuff like that, so yeah. I appreciate I'll let, it, man. Yeah, yo, let th- you know.
1: Awesome, yo! Thanks for having me on, man. I, I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, for, again, he does the Ninja Rap podcast. Check him out on that. Him and Tim do a really fantastic job. Devin, Devin. More does importantly,
1: as well. I do cool and dope shit. Right. And so should you.
0: <laughs> and he's also the uh, the owner of New Jersey Martial Arts. So yep. if you're in Jersey, uh, what part of of the Maple city. Shade? Maple Shade. If you're around Maple Shade area and you're listening and you haven't heard of his uh martial arts studio, definitely go there and check it out. When things, of course, of right. course is open.
1: When the powers uh, that be, let us be open.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Appreciate you, man. All right. Be well. Take care. All right. Take it easy. I hope you fucks enjoyed this episode. Marco brought a lot to the table here and I appreciate him being on the show. If you want to follow him on Instagram, he has two separate accounts you can follow. One is team njma that is his school of course and the other one is ninja rob podcast which is the podcast itself so definitely check those instagram accounts out i don't have face his facebook and twitter and all that. All i have is these two and those are the main ones that i believe he cares about i'm pretty sure he cares about other ones too but anyway uh, so yeah if you want to follow more of him go check them out if you haven't followed me already, I have social media all over the place. And you can get catch me on Facebook, William Knows Nothing. You can catch me on Twitter, William Knows Nothing. You know the fucking drill. I'm, I try to be all over the place. Uh, I'm posting my shit everywhere as much as I can so that the shit can go out there. And, uh, yeah, if you want to be a part of the show, definitely feel free to send me an email with uh, a podcast guests as the heading. Give me your name. What do you do? What are you trying to bring to the show? Because I mainly just like to talk about philosophy and everything that you often see on the show. Um, And we can have a discussion about whatever. I'm more than willing to talk about a lot of shit uh, as long as it relies around philosophy and helping other people see perspective. Uh, So yeah, if you're looking forward to that, please send me an email at williamknowsnothing@gmail.com. I don't care. Again, I don't care who you are as long as you can communicate <laughs> when i say you can communicate i mean you're not you are able to listen and you are able to respond and likewise i should be able to do the same thing because i'm still working on my own communication because i talk too sometimes but anyway yeah guys uh thank you for listening i appreciate you guys uh till next time value life value time